Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is November 11th. Today we are going to continue in Joel chapter 2. Now before we jump into this specific verse, it's important to mention something that's talked about in Joel chapter 1. Remember, Joel starts off his book by talking about the destruction and the wars and the famines and the pestilence. He's talking about all these signs leading to the second coming and the destruction that comes with it. As part of that, he talks about locusts that are going to eat things and canker worms and caterpillars and palmer worms. Honestly, it sounds like my greatest nightmare ever because I'm terrified of bugs, especially worms. So this sounds like my greatest nightmare. But he He talks about those different things and how they were going to devour everything. But now here we're getting into Joel chapter two, and he's starting to talk about some blessings that are going to come. Starting in verse 21, he says, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. Now, I believe that each of us should have different pieces or snippets of scripture that we have in our mind and that we can recite to ourselves when things are hard, right? One of mine is mighty to save. Oftentimes when I'm up against things, I remind myself that the Savior is mighty to save. And this, I think, would be such a good one to add to that list of just little snippets that I love, reminding myself that the Lord will do great things and that I don't need to be afraid. Fear not, for the Lord will do great things things. Is there something in your life that you're up against that you don't know how to resolve, that you don't know if there can be resolution? Fear not. Because even though we can't see a way out of things, even though we can't see resolution, we can trust in the Lord and know that he can do great things among us. So here now, Joel is going to start talking about these great things that the Lord is going to do. And listen to what he says. Verse 25, it says, And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerwood and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Now, I love this, and this may seem like such a little thing. But what I love here is that it teaches us the principle of compensation. Now, when we go through hard things, when we are in the midst of trial, when we feel like things have been taken from us, I don't think that we should approach that expecting great compensation or approach it with this idea of, well, the Lord better make this right. I don't think that's the way, but we can have faith and trust that if we continue to follow him, he can compensate for our losses and he can make things right. Elder Worthlin, in a talk called Come What May and Love It, which is a fantastic talk, said, understand the principle of compensation. The Lord compensates the faithful for every loss. That which is taken away from those who love the Lord will be added unto them in his own way. While it may not come at the time we desire, the faithful will know that every tear today will eventually be returned a hundredfold with tears of rejoicing and gratitude. Because Heavenly Father is merciful, a principle of compensation prevails. I have seen this in my own life. I love this beautiful, beautiful idea of a principle of compensation. 
that if we continue to follow the Lord, if we continue to do what's right, if we continue to love him, we can trust that our losses will be made up to us. Now, again, I think we need to be really careful about placing our timetables on God and our expectations upon God. He gets to be the one that is in charge of deciding when and how compensation happens. But I love the hope that we find in this blessing and the principle of compensation, that when we experience loss, if we continue to trust the Lord, he can turn that loss into our gain. So let's continue on and see what other great things the Lord is going to do. Verse 28, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward. So afterward, this just gives us a time of some time in the future. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And then it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Now, remember when we studied the book of Isaiah, how we talked about the idea of dualistic prophecies, meaning oftentimes Isaiah would talk about something, he'd give some sort of symbol or some sort of prophecy, and it was true for more than one time period. It may have been speaking about Christ's day and the latter days, and it was important to recognize that. Here, I think it's important to recognize that we have not just a dualistic prophecy, but a trialistic. Is that a word? I don't think that's a word. I made it up. But we have this prophecy that is true for three time periods. First of all, when it says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Remember the day of Pentecost after the crucifixion of the Savior, the pouring out of the spirit and the sons and the daughters prophesying all of this. When that was all over, Peter quoted this scripture and explained that that experience was a fulfillment of this prophecy. So that's one place where this prophecy was fulfilled. Next, when Moroni came to Joseph Smith, this is one of the scriptures that he prophesied to him. And how true is this prophecy? Because of the restoration, the Spirit of God is poured out upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. Beautiful prophecy of the restoration of the gospel and of the prophet Joseph Smith. But the third place where this prophecy can come true is in our lives. Because of the restoration of the gospel, because of the prophet Joseph Smith, we have the opportunity to have the spirit poured out upon us. We have the opportunity to experience the spirit in this way. Now, something that's really important to recognize is the word prophecy there. Oftentimes, I think we limit what prophecy is and what it isn't. We think, oh, prophecy is correctly saying that something will happen at a certain time in the future, right? But prophecy, according to the book of Revelation, means a testimony of Christ. And because of the restoration of the gospel, because of the opportunity to have the Spirit poured out upon us, our sons and our daughters, and we have the opportunity to obtain a firm testimony of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to know Christ, to know who he is, to know what he does, to know what he can do for us. 
we have the opportunity to bear witness of him with power, having experienced the Holy Ghost, having experienced the Spirit to teach us about our Savior. Another part that I love that can apply to us in our day, it says, and also upon the servants, meaning those who hold the priesthood, and upon the handmaids, meaning the women of the church, in those days will I pour out my spirit. This is such a beautiful, beautiful promise given to the women of the church today. The opportunity that we have for the spirit to be poured out upon us. And sometimes I think we underutilize this blessing and this privilege that's given to us. Listen to what President Kimball taught about the power of women in the church in the latter days. He said, Much of the major growth that is coming to the church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world, in whom there is often such an inner sense of spirituality, will be drawn to the church in large numbers. This will happen to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives to the degree that the women of the church are seen as distinct and different in happy ways from the women of the world. Thus it will be that female exemplars of the church will be a significant force in both the numerical and spiritual growth of the church in the last days. My friends, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the restoration of that gospel, we have the opportunity, both the men and women of the church, have the opportunity to experience the Spirit in our lives to the degree that we can draw people to the gospel of Jesus Christ through the way we live, through the light that's within us, through our spirit of prophecy and testimony of Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 